Well, how many remember what the title of my message was last week? Man, they were really listening. Huh? Four key, that's it. He, he's got it. And right here and right there, got uh, three people. Right. right. It's a landslide. Glory to Jesus. <clears throat> Four keys to overcoming the obstacles of life. And sitting in a series, I just going to preach it till I get through the keys. And uh, we only got through one key. <laughs> so I think, I think we'll get through the other three. But um, I talked to you <clears throat> last week about the fact that, and you, you just need to get the word, I, I'm really going to spend very little time on what I said last week, other than the fact we talked about the difference in an IQ and, and an AQ, or what I renamed as OQ, meaning IQ representing intelligence, which is good, but it won't cause you to overcome. And so we need a greater OQ than we do an IQ because with a good IQ and no OQ, then we got a lot of knowledge, we got a lot of understanding about life, but we're not overcoming. And God wants people to be overcomers who have the ability to overcome the obstacles of life so that we can live in heaven on earth. God, through Jesus Christ, created us to live to live on earth like we are in heaven. Prayer in Matthew chapter 6 says that. He created us to live on earth like we are in heaven already. Many people with a kind of a survival mentality because of the lack of revelation look at the day when they can leave this earth and go to heaven. Heaven is a real place and it is a destination that you and I are moving toward. But heaven is not another planet somewhere. Heaven in the spirit realm is, is a real place, but the spirit and the natural are so different. And, and, and now, through Jesus Christ, heaven is on earth in you and I. We have, we have, he, heaven is inside of you. All of heaven is, is in us, and God wants the heaven through Jesus Christ that was brought here to be experienced now instead of living on earth like you're in hell. And I'll just tell you right now, there are a lot of Christians that live on earth like they're in hell. Defeated, living their life from one defeat to the next. Listen, the obstacles are out there for everybody. The issues are out there for everybody. The unbelief is out there for the taking. And, and, it, and it's available for everybody that's out there. I'm just telling you, man, I, I'm choosing life, and I want to overcome. I don't want to be underneath situations. And yet, and yet, because of our lack of understanding, which is a result of effort that we put in to developing our OQ, we can spend many hours and months and years developing our IQ, okay? But when it comes to having the ability to overcome obstacles of life, IQ won't get you over. No school, no college that is teaching you and developing your IQ will teach you about the Holy Spirit. And the person of the Holy Spirit who is real, what he's here, he's, he's here to help me. He's not here, he's not here to do it for me, but he's here to help me to be able to overcome. Hmm? Jesus, the overcomer, overcame. He said, be of good cheer for in the world there's much tribulation, but he said, be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. 
And he said, and this is the victory. The Apostle John said, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith in the fact that he did what he said he did. He overcame. So I'm an overcomer, but whether I'm overcoming or not is determined by how much time I spend developing my OQ. And if there's no OQ development and all my time is spent in developing my IQ, then the circumstances of life are going to get the best of me. There's no way around it. You have to have understanding. So, our first key was having the right identity. Realizing that now I'm in Christ, old things are passed away and everything is brand new, and that identity as it's established enables me and empowers me to overcome, and we spent a lot of time on that, and we're not going to go back into it. But, um, so, so the, second, the second key, the second key to overcoming obstacles is that we must have a clear vision. The second key to overcoming obstacles of life is a clear vision. Number one is a right identity. I need, I need to be identified with Christ, but then I've got to have clear vision. And I'm going to read a bunch of scripture, but mostly just one verses as, as, as we go through this, one or two. But having clear vision enables us to see, to see clearly, to not be clouded or have our vision clouded. And I, I, I want to start today in the book of Joshua in the sixth chapter, Joshua chapter six and verse one. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, what did he say? What's what's the one word that he said? See. See. Do we have it on the board? No. Joshua 6, 1 and 2. He said, see... I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You and I have to see and have vision for what God has given us. What has God given to you? You have to see that. And if you and I don't see it, and we don't see it clearly, then you're going to doubt whether God has anything for you. So follow along with me as, as we look at this. Proverbs 29 and verse 18. 29 and 18. He says, where there is no revelation, no vision, no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law or keeps the word. He says, there is no, there is no, where there is no revelation, where there's no revealing of God's word, where there's no identity being established, where there's no vision being revealed, then the people cast off restraints. In other words, there's no boundaries. You don't understand where you're going, you know where you came from, and most people meditating on how bad things were, all the mistakes that they've made, and what a worthless piece of scum that they are in life, because the devil reminds you about that all the time. But it's not enough, you know, understanding where you've come from and the mistakes that you've made will bring you to a certain place, but they won't bring you to a new place. You've got to know who you are and where you're going. And today, you know, I can say that a good majority of people don't like where they're at. 
A good majority of people don't like where they're at. They're frustrated with where they're at. And, and the reason is, is because they can't see. Okay, so if you're frustrated today with where you're at, it doesn't have to stay that way. And, 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 I, and I'm not, you know, this isn't just some pretty little message. I mean, I, I, I'm telling you, it doesn't have to stay that way. And I know it doesn't have to stay that way. Things don't have to stay the way they are. But there has to be development. The story of, the story of Abraham... God called him to be the father of nations, and he gave him vision for what he was going to do. But Abraham had some junk and some stuff in his life, and because of the mistakes in his life, God didn't disqualify him for the mistakes, but there were 13 silent years with Abraham, and there were some things that needed to get out of his house before he could be in a position to move forward. There's some things, there's, there's some things in your and my house, in our houses, that we got to get rid of so we can go forward. See? And, it, and, and God knows your mistakes, and He knows the problems and the issues that you've had. He knows where you've been, and He still loves you in spite of your mistakes. But, but what He's always challenging us is, with is to hear what He's saying today about where you're going tomorrow. And in all of our lives, when we're not willing to look at where we're at and look at what's happened here, not focusing and staying in the past, but admitting to the past and saying, you know what, I don't want that anymore. I want new things today. I'm going to spend time here so I can move forward. What will happen is there'll be years of silence where it's like God's not doing anything. You know why? Because most people want God to do it. Well, you know. Cast it on to God, and he'll have to take care of it. <laughs> no. No, he, he won't take care of anything. If you're, if you're in debt today because of frivolous spending, God's not going to get you out of debt so you can keep your frivolous spending. Right? Because right? then he'd become the enabler instead of the helper, but he'll help you get out. But you've got to spend time. You've got to spend time meditating on his plan and ideas, and so as we spend time meditating on his plan and ideas, what it creates is vision. So we see where we're at, and then we begin to see where we're going. So the key is, the key is that we see. Look at Matthew 6. I told you I was going to read a bunch of scripture today. Matthew 6. Verse 22, the lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, if your eye's good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye's bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkened, how great is the darkness? Listen to these two in the Amplified. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is sound, your entire body will be full of light. But if your eye is unsound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then, watch this, the very light in you or in your conscience is darkened, here's the question. How dense is the darkness? Okay? So if my eye is clear and I can see, I can move forward. But if my eye is darkened and cloudy and I can't see how to move forward, then I go around in circles frustrated and, and blaming everybody in the world except dealing with myself. But then the question is, okay, if you're, if you're not seeing clearly because your conscience is all screwed up and it's got all kinds of weird ideas, the question is that you have to be asking yourself and the Holy Spirit will help you in this, how deep, how deep is this darkness that's affecting the light that's in me. 
See, the darkness won't shut the light out. If you're born again, you're illuminated on the inside. But your conscience, your conscience is darkened. And when your conscience is darkened, it hinders the ability of the Holy Spirit to help because you're reverting to what your unrenewed mind says instead of what the voice of the Spirit is saying inside. So the, the, the question is just this. It doesn't have to stay that way. I'm telling you, it can change today, right now. But the question is, are you able to be honest with yourself that there's some stuff in your thinking that needs to change? And then the question is, what are you going to do about it? Hmm? You want something you never had before, you've got to do some things you've never done before. That's original with me, by the way. No, no it's not. Nothing's original. Only God. Amen? I wish I would have created that same. <clears throat> anyway. So, and I said this just a minute ago. Dissatisfaction with where you're at is a start. But it won't liberate you. Just being dissatisfied with Okay, things aren't where I want them to be. It's a start, okay? But then you got to do something with it. So I want you to think about several things here. You, you can't change when you're focused on your problems. See, one of the things before I was saved and, and, and a number of my family members, you know, were, were in were psychiatrists or they were connected to psychiatry and nothing wrong with it, you know. Uh, and, and a number of my family members went to psychiatrists and, and spent thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars on sitting and having somebody listen to their problem, bring their problem to the surface, and then just leave it there. You see... I know a number of really, really, really good Christian psychiatrists who do a really good job because they have answers. But just bringing your problem to the surface, it's a start, but then you've got to do something with it. So if it just hangs there and you just, all you're doing all day long is looking at how bad you are, what good is that? You already knew that. Somebody just helped you to find out even more about how bad you were. And I'm not against psychiatrists if you're one or if you know somebody or whatever. I'm not against them at all. I'm just saying, I'm saying, I watched a number of my family members. I was the first one that I knew of to be born again in my family. So I'm the patriarch. None of us were saved. Nobody. And I got born again. And that revelation came to me that all this stuff that everybody's going to and all these meetings and all this this help was not getting any answers. It didn't mean that, that the process wasn't helping them to understand the problem, but then what do you do with the problem? That's just a start. Now we've got to know what to do with it. And one of the greatest revelations that have ever come to me in my life is me learning to be honest with myself. And you know what that means? If my wife tells me because of an action in my life, she said, you know what? You've got anger. Not me. Not me! I'm not honest with myself. See, See, I could blame her for pointing it out, and, and that's where we in the blame game where we don't want to be honest with what the real problem is. You'll never go forward till you're honest with, with what the issue is. That's why you need people in your life. I'm not talking about just anybody. I'm talking about right people. You need them in your life. Because when you're in pride and you're in anger and you're in all, it shuts it down. And you'll, Abraham had 13 silent years. You could have 40. And if you walk out of here today and you don't think that that's true, in 10 years from now, I'll be around and you can come back and tell me that I was right. Because I'm right. Because he's right. We don't get rid of stuff like that. And I'm talking about just admitting to it. 
you know? And I'm not talking about admitting to it on television, you know? Nobody else has to know anything about it. I'm just talking about being honest with you. <laughs> and when we're honest with ourselves, we can go forward. Yes? I'm telling you, we can go forward. So, as long as you are upset about your current reality, you'll stay there. You'll stay right there. So, we have to become, and this is what, in, in, on, on this key, like this is taking longer than I thought it would. <laughs> we have to get single-minded about change. Only thing that is for sure on this planet is change. You will not stay the age you are today. In fact, when I just said that, you're already older <laughs> from when I just said that, right? So we must be single-minded people on change. And change isn't a four-letter word. Change is a good thing. It's a good thing because of what change produces, but it's just the way you view it. But the key is we must see that God has a future for us. We must see it. Look at Philippians 3. I like this verse. We must see the future that God has for us. We've got to see it inside of us. And I'm not talking about a career. Listen to me. Everybody look at me. I'm not talking about a career. I'm not talking about, you know, depending on what age you are, you know, what school you need to go to. I'm not talking about those things because all the other things that you do in life, when you know where you're going in God, then you'll do the right things because your desire is to please Him and not to try to fulfill something inside of you that you have no answers for because of that darkness. That darkened conscience that's trying to shut down the light from giving you the illumination about your future and where you're going so that you can see clearly and then just walk it out. I'm telling you, this thing isn't that difficult. You just have to be open to it. What did I tell you? Philippians 3 and verse 13. Brethren, I, I do not count myself to have apprehended. This is one educated dude. Hmm? 14 PhDs. I mean, been to every college in everywhere. One of the most educated men. In fact, he said it himself. If anybody could brag on their education, I could. The Apostle Paul could. Not me. The Apostle Paul. But he said, one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things that are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God that's in Christ Jesus. So, so whatever I trust in, whatever I've trusted in, if you've trusted in your education, or you've trusted in your career, or you've trusted in other people, or governments, or, or whatever, anything that you've trusted in, he said, we have, to, we have to learn how to forget those things, and press toward the understanding of who we are and our identity in God, and our vision in God so that whatever that we have and that we do today that we pick up, we pick it up and embrace it through the understanding of who we are in Him and our identification in Christ and the vision that we have and the purpose that we have for why we're on the planet because everybody's got a purpose and a plan. You have a reason that you are here. The things that you do are just tools to see people reconciled to God because where I go, you don't go, and where you go, I don't go. So anything that we do, listen, worst place to be, somebody said the other, I, I had somebody say to me a while back, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to work this job because there's not Christians there. And I thought to myself, I didn't say this, but I thought this. 
I don't know if I'd want to work where Christians are. I want to work where unchristian people are, non-saved people. I want to work where my light can shine. Why, why keep everybody that's a Christian in the same environment? Yeah, but you know, they cuss, and you know, I cussed. I cussed like a sailor. I, 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 I would bring people home with me, and, and I would cuss in front of my parents or, or, or my mom because she wouldn't do anything about it. And, I, and I, we've laughed about that, so I'm not saying that in disrespect to my mom. But, I mean, I cussed all the time. But cussing doesn't make you bad. It just makes you stupid. <laughs> See, it just proves that you have no understanding. But none of, those, none of the things in life, the natural things in life, make you bad. God created us good. There's not a bad person sitting in here today. I don't care what mistake you've ever made in your life. There's not a bad person anywhere because God never created anything bad. And I'm telling you, the devil didn't create unsaved people. You know why? Because we were all unsaved. <laughs> God created us all. And when people embrace Jesus Christ and they become identified with him and they begin to, their eyes begin to be opened up so that they can see clearly and know where to go and what to do, then the process is forgetting what's behind, pressing toward the mark and the understanding of who we are in God so that we can accomplish all the things that we can accomplish, but do it right and do it the right way. I'm convinced, this isn't popular at all, but I've, I've never said much of anything that was popular. I'm convinced that most people, most people on the planet are not doing what God created them to do. but I'm just going to leave that with you. Maybe I won't. Um, so, we so we press and we forget, right? Everybody say press and forget. Those, that's what we're supposed to do. Forgetting what's behind and pressing toward the mark. So think, think about this just as an example, and then I'm going to go to the next key. Um, when you see, when you're able to see, when you're removing the darkness and the cloudiness through the Word of God and through the person of the Holy Spirit, um, We get out of the process of this thing where I'm going to do something and fail and then start again. I'm going to do something and fail and then start again. The do something and then fail and then start again mentality is what hinders a lot of people from being able to move forward. Because it's always starting and stopping and starting and stopping and starting and stopping. Listen, the goal financially is not just to get out of debt. The goal financially is to be prosperous and to, and to be educated about how to operate financially. Right? Because you can get out of debt and get right back into debt if you don't have revelation and understanding. You know, it, it's not the goal for somebody that's in prison or somebody that's in prison that's walking around. They're in prison on the inside. The goal is not to just get out of prison. The goal is to learn what you need to learn to stay out of prison. Right? Yeah. To stay out of situations. I was talking to a guy that had been in rehab talking to a guy when I was out of town that had been in rehab for a number of months and talked about how he's free. And 
in that conversation, he was talking about being free, I began to question him about his freedom. Because being free is not just feeling good. Being free from, say, drug addiction or alcoholism or whatever it might be that you went to rehab for, the fact that you're not drinking, that's not the goal. The goal is let's make things right inside that got you to the place. You see? And, and that, that is this seeing ability that I'm talking about where we can see clearly what freedom really looks like. And it's something that happens day to day, and it's something that happens in the midst of this change that is going on on the inside of us. It's not a labor. It's not the law. It's not being under this pressure to perform and do things a certain way. It's not the pressure of it. It's the freedom to do what's right, but it comes through the revelation of His Word. Amen? So, so here, look at Mark 10, and I'm going to make this statement. Mark 10 and verse 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want? So I'm asking you today, what do you want? Leave here today and I want you to ask yourself. You might ask yourself right now. You might be asking yourself right now. But what do you want? And, and, and the rest of the question here from Jesus to this man was, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, I want to receive my sight. The guy knew exactly what he wanted. One of the reasons we can't go forward is because we don't know what we want. What do we want in our future, in our direction, in our moving forward? What do we want? What do we want? What do we want? What do we want to do? In other words, what does he want for us, number one, and then what do we want to do? Do we see what he sees? Or am I just seeing what I see? Do I just have a bunch of good ideas or do I have the right thing because of what I've developed inside of me? So he asked this man, what do you want and what do you want me to do for you? I want to receive my sight. What happened? He got it because he knew what he wanted. And that's the question in our, in our ability to see we've got to know what we want, but that has to be developed. If you don't know what you want, then be honest with the fact you don't know what you want. Don't think you know what you want. You don't need to think you know what you want. And don't try to want something. Well, you know, i, I got to have a good response because I don't want to look like a geek. Now, this is just my personal thing. But most people that graduate from high school are under pressure and were under pressure even before they turned 18 years old, they were under pressure to know what their future was like. Well, I found out about five or six years ago, <laughs> it took me a long time to figure it out, but I figured out about five or six years ago, or found out, that your brain doesn't stop developing till you're about 22 or 23 years old. So at 16, 17, 18 years old, this pressure's on you to make a decision about your future, and you're not even operating on full uh, brain power. And so when you look at the statistics of people that go to college under pressure, that about upwards of 70 to 75% of the people that go to college never use the degrees they went to college for, and then they owe the government and everybody else hundreds of thousands of dollars. And paying it off for the rest of their life. When we got a Holy Ghost, 
that'll teach you what he wants you to do, and then you can go do it and do it well. So, what do you want? I'm just telling you right now, if I don't know what I want, I'm going to find it. Because God created us, and he created your destiny before you even were. The Bible tells us that. His whole plan for your life was created before you were even thought about. How in the world could that be? Well, it could be the same way that I serve a God, and I'm born again of a God I've never touched, never felt, never seen, I just read about, somebody told me about it, and I accepted it, and I'm born again by faith, right? Well, by faith, I believe, he has my plan already ordered. The, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. What does righteous mean? Somebody that is desiring to do what's right. Somebody that has embraced the fact that Jesus made them righteous. Not because you're so good in keeping the law and keeping all the, all the things that are right in life, okay? Listen, everybody's going to screw up and make mistakes. And I, I'm not saying you wake up every morning expecting to make a mistake. But people are going to screw up, and when we mess up, we've got an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, who is righteous. We can ask for forgiveness, and it's like we never did it. Because he already forgave you before you did. See, these things don't make sense to the natural mind, but we have to learn to embrace what he's accomplished for us so that we can see clearly and learn to step into the steps that he has for our life. Amen? And and I'll just say this, because a lot of times people think that when you preach stuff like this, that like everybody's called to like the ministry and God's going to call you to China or somewhere, you know, or or Africa or whatever. I mean... I'm, I'm talking about every, everything that you have a desire for that God puts in there, he'll bring it to pass. Hmm? Who's to say that he didn't create you to be the next somebody that, you know, the, the next Bill Gates and, and be worth multi, multi-billions of dollars? I, I believe God made us all wealthy. But who's to say that you won't be an entrepreneur, that everything that you touch, it turns to gold, and you begin to have all the ideas, to pr- and, and it helps to promote the kingdom of God because you've got kingdom of God mentality and, and revelation. And a lot of that's happening around the world. It's happening. Things are happening with people. We've got to be able to see clearly what his plan and what his purpose is. Amen? The third thing, and I'll just... I'll just start this one and then we'll tie this up right now. The third step is a new way of thinking. Key to overcoming issues of life is a new way of thinking. Seeing and thinking, they go hand in hand, but they're separate. Look at Colossians 3 and verse 8. A new way of thinking. Colossians 3 and 8. But now you yourselves are to put off all of these things, anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth and all this. And you can put anything in there. But notice this, verse 9. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with its deeds and you put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. And verse 11 just says that there's no, God's no respecter of person. He fills all and he's in all. But he's saying we have to do this. The Holy Spirit will help us but we have to do it. And we have to purpose to make the changes. Now, just a couple other things before I end this, and and we'll finish this, uh, not next Sunday, but the following Sunday. But in Isaiah 55 and verse 6, Isaiah 55 and 6, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the righteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. And he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways 
your ways, says the Lord. So the Lord's saying to you, listen, Bert, my thoughts and your thoughts are like this. See, and what we want to do is get, here's God and here's me, and we want to get God to think like us. But he says in, in, in verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So now we look at it like this, he's here and I'm here, and he's, not, he's already come down through Jesus Christ, and he set the mark, and now I forget what's behind, and I press towards this. So I forget, I, I learn to forget some of the carnal ways of thinking, the worldly ways of thinking, and press toward the mark and the thinking and the understanding of God so that I can tap His ways and I can see clearly and I can be identified with Him and be confident in who I am and I can fulfill the purpose and the plan that God has for me, that He had for me way before the worlds were even created. Romans 2, uh, 12 and 2. Romans 12 and 2. He said, And be not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. Listen to this in the Amplified. It's pretty long, but, but just listen to it. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, watch this, by its new ideals and by its new attitude, so that you, that my life may prove from, to me what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in the sight of God for me. See, that it be proven to me. See, it's got to be proven to me what's right. God already knows what's right. He already had your life planned out before you were even thought about. Before the worlds were even created, He had all of our lives already planned. And what I said earlier was that most people, most people aren't doing what God planned for them to do because the Holy Spirit's never been in their life to help them to know what His plan is. And that's real scary for, for a lot of people. That's scary for you know, I mean, I'm doing this thing, and man, I spent all this money to do this, and I did all this, and, and, and this, and that, and the other. But, 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 but listen, the more you tap into God and His way of thinking and doing, He has a plan for you that's so much better and so much more rewarding than anything that you've ever done. I'm not telling you to quit a job or quit a, quit a career or quit going to school. Or, I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm just saying... I thought I grew up in the home of a golf professional, so what do you think I did? Duh. I hit a little white ball around all my life. And, and, and most of the time I played, I wasn't born again. But the day I got born again, the day I got born again, something happened to my golf game. God didn't say, get rid of your golf game. and Nobody around me said, you know, golf's evil. You know, and you need to get rid of it. No, no, I just, it's like, I couldn't play. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I wasn't thinking about it, but it's just like it got worse. And as time went on, there kind of was this void inside of me that I don't even want to play. I don't even want to do this. But if I hadn't learned to understand to press into what God wanted for me, I would have, I would have, I would have stayed with that and made that happen and continued to live in the past and continued to live in all my successes in the past at what I did playing golf and who I was and my identity with that and all that. See, what happened is my identity began to change and God began to show me I want you to do something else. And I'm, one thing I always said after I got born again, I don't know what I'll do, but I'll never be a pastor. 
I said it, and 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 here I stand. Just watch what you say. Question is, what do you want? You know what I want? God. Okay? I'm up here today, not because I'm the best orator of the word, not because I tell the best stories. In fact, I tell too many of the same stories over and over and over again. I'm up here today because God said. I'm doing this here because God said. And you know what happened? Over time of developing my relationship with God, his desires became my desires. Like the scripture said in Isaiah, his ways became my ways. And then I did what he said, and he had this plan for me before I even was. I know I'm walking in the perfect will of God. My wife and I are in the perfect will of God today, right? Because God said. Not because I had aspiration. I didn't want to do it, you know? There's still times when in the back of my mind I think, I don't even really want to do this. Not like I don't want to pastor, but it's like, you know, there's just times I'd rather just go play golf. You, you, know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's just a figure of speech, but you know what I'm saying? There's times that your mind wants to do that. But when the calling is real, the calling keeps you because you've developed that and now you see clearly and you know what his will is. And it's more, I, I desire more to please him than anything else. If it was his will for me to play golf, I'd play golf and I'd want to play golf. Today, I pastor and I want to pastor because it's his will. And what happens is his will and my will, they mesh together, and so it's my will. I don't want to play golf. And I mean, I have to really work at finding time to play golf because I'm good at it. I don't say that in, a, in bragging about it. I'm good at it. And so the, it's, it's a tool and an open door to get into people's lives. And so I have to use, man, I mean, I have to labor to find time to play because my desire changed. My focus changed. It opened up and I began to see and understand things that I had never seen before. And, 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 and so as our thinking changes and we get in this position where my thoughts and his thoughts come together, man, these new ideas and this new attitude and this new fresh understanding and things that begins to be birthed inside of me, all of a sudden you just know why you're here. And listen, it's not without trials and tests and tribulation and junk and stuff that comes against you, but man, you know why you're here. And you want to live here a long time. You want to be on this planet for a long time because you know why you're here and you want to accomplish the things that God put you here to accomplish. But I wrote this down, and I'll just I'll end with this. You can't fix your problems by using the same thinking can't fix where you're at today unless your thinking changes in other words did you hear me you can't think you can't fix your present condition and situation with the same thinking you want to do something that you've never done before you got to do some things you've never done before you want to be in places that you've never been and accomplish things because you, you, you know I'll say this as I'm, as I'm ending, my third ending. Um, I'll just say this. Down, way down deep inside of you, you know, you know the scripture that we talked about in Matthew 6, that it says, if the light that is in you is darkened, the question is how, how much has that darkness affected the way that you see clearly? You see? And the reason we have to work on renewing our minds is so that the things that are down in there, there are things inside of you that every once in a while may jump up and you just kind of shove it back down. Well, that's not me. I couldn't do that or I this or whatever. But it's those things that you're fighting against a lot of times that are the things that God wants to come out. 
but you can't, you can't ever see creatively how those things would ever come to pass if you don't change your thinking. Because see, God's always telling you to do something that you can't afford <laughs> and, and that you don't have the ability to accomplish. Always. But what happens with us is we stay in our comfort zone. We only do the things that are easiest. I mean, honestly, I, I like, I, I was with a bunch of guys not too long ago and we were playing golf, some guys from Virginia Beach and all, and they, they, were, they wanted to play golf and so I was playing with them, you know. And, uh, and you know, and, and understand what I'm saying. I know how to play and I beat them all. And it felt real good. <laughs> I felt good. I felt really good, you know. And they're all talking about how good I am, and how what, what, and then they're telling everybody else. And you know, you, I'm sitting there going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That doesn't motivate me. No. It used to motivate me. That doesn't motivate me today. I mean, if that motivated me, when they'd say all that kind of stuff, I'd, I'd come home and 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 spend all my time playing golf. What's amazing is I won't play for months and I'll go play and shoot some of the best golf, play some of the best golf I've ever played. I mean, it happens time and time again. But that's not where God wants me to live. He doesn't want me to live in that thing. You know, those are, that's fine every once in a while. Everybody needs to be made to feel like they're Tiger Woods, you know. <laughs> At least in the 19th hole. Everybody needs to think that they're all that. Nothing wrong with that. But we don't live for that. Because that's not the plan of God. And those things that we have to get rid of, and those are things of the past that we focus on, and, it's, and, and, what, and, and I had it written in my notes, that when your thinking doesn't change, then everything's about you. Because then when your thinking changes, it's all about God. And people. And a plan and a direction, and new things. Amen? Father, we thank you for this great day. What a mighty, 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 awesome God that we serve. Lord, we thank you for the fresh new day that you have empowered us and given us the ability to overcome the obstacles and the hindrances of life. And in our ability to overcome these obstacles and these hindrances, we're able to share with other people how awesome and how great that you really are. And that there's not anything in life that is bigger than your deliverance and the future you have set for us. Because greater are you in us than anything that's in the world. Today, we thank you so much for who you are and for your presence in our life, and we give you all the praise, and we give you the glory in Jesus' name.